This is Come and See from St. Andrew's Anglican Church for Sunday, September 11th, 2016. The Gospel is taken from the book of Luke, chapter 15, verses 1 through 10. The message is by Father Ron Baird. Today's Gospel lesson, we have the story of two lost items. But to really understand how those parables fit, you have to kind of look at the whole chapter, chapter 15 of Luke, because there's actually a third lost item which they didn't put into the lesson, which is the prodigal son, the story of the prodigal son. When Jesus told these, he told all three of those um, in order at the same time. And you also have to take a look at how the whole thing is um, predicated, how it's set up. It says that tax collectors and sinners were coming to listen to Jesus. There was something about what Jesus was saying that caused the riffraff of the community to come out and they wanted to hear what it was that he was saying. And as a result, the Pharisees and the scribes, who were sort of the, the clergy of the time, you know, the religious caste, um, were grumbling about the fact that he eats with tax collectors and sinners. Now, I know you find it hard to believe that church people would grumble, um, but they were. And so... They were grumbling because he ate and drank and talked with these people who were beneath him, in their opinion. So Jesus takes that setting to choose to tell them these parables. And he says, which one of you, if you had a sheep that wandered off into the wilderness by itself, would not leave the other 99 of your sheep behind in the wilderness and go look for it? Now, we don't really think about that much the way they did because we don't have sheep. But if you think about what is likely to happen to the other 99 sheep in the wilderness? They probably get eaten by a wolf or something. I mean, or, or they'll wander off because they're not the brightest animals. And, and so for him to wander off would be kind of like saying, which one of you, having lost 1% of your investment, would not risk the other 99% to get your 1% back? You know, so the answer they would have given was nobody. <laughs> Why would anybody do that? And he says, well, I tell you that there will be more rejoicing in heaven for one sinner who repents than there will be for 99 righteous people who don't need it. Now, who do you think he was talking to? Pharisees, yeah. So then, in case they didn't get that one, he tells them another, another story. He says, there was a, um, a woman who had 10 silver coins. Now, these are small silver coins, like the denarius, which was big. They were probably worth, in today's money, about a nickel. So there was a woman who lost one nickel out of 10. And so she lights every lamp in her house, sweeps the entire house, cleans everything that is there till she finds it. And when she finds it, she goes out into the, the street and yells to all of her neighbors, come celebrate with me, rejoice with me, I found my nickel. Now, what would people think about you if you did that in your neighborhood? They would think you're crazy, wouldn't they? And that's the whole point that Jesus is trying to make. Because what he's trying to help us to understand, because he says there will be more rejoicing among the angels of God you know, over the one sinner who repents. What he's trying to tell us is that God is crazy in love with us. He loves us so much that he would risk everything for us. St. Catherine of Siena once put it, the, the, the pazza di amore. 
Pazza di Amore. Anybody watch Happy Days? Is that too old for most of you? You remember Pazzi? Do you all know what Pazza means? Crazy. <laughs> so what you, because the Pazza di Amore is the crazy love of God. Because that's what he's like. He's crazy in love with each one of us. Every one of us. And he can't bear for us to be gone. And, and we can somewhat understand that because if I put it, the, the story of the lost sheep in a different context, if I said, which one of you who had five children and the youngest wandered off into the mall and got lost, got separated from you, would not leave the other four together to go get the one? Now all of a sudden we start going, okay, now I kind of see what they're talking about. When you're talking about sheep, I didn't much care about them. But, but that's because you love your kids. That's why you go look for them. And that's the way God feels about us. That's one of the great things about belonging to the Anglican Church of North America. One of the great themes that, that is one of the mottos of the church is that we are here to seek and serve the least and the lost. That's why we exist as a church, to seek the least and the lost. But I wonder, are we? Do we really do that? Because you have to wonder if, if we, who once were lost, because all of us were lost at one time or another, you know, for some of you, you may have been lost and God may have found you shortly after your birth when you were baptized and you were raised in church and so you don't really remember being lost, but God still claimed you and you were fortunate enough to grow in it. For if that's your case, God bless you, you were very fortunate. You could be like me and just have been oblivious to the church. I mean, I knew the church existed and I knew what Christianity kind of was and I, I was a great admirer of their holidays, especially Christmas. Um, but but apart from that, it didn't make a whole lot of sense to me until I was an adult, and, and God found me. Because that's what God's like. He seeks out the least and the lost. That's why he's talking to tax collectors and sinners. But if we, who have been found, you know, some of you, there's a third category, some of you may be more like the prodigal son. You know, remember him? He wandered off intentionally. And I suspect some of you wandered off from God intentionally at some point or other in your life. Um, then... You know, but then he found you and you came back. You know, that's what it's like to be lost and found again. That's why in that great hymn, Amazing Grace, you know, he says, I once was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see. But if we who were lost and now are found don't have a heart for the least and the lost, then what are we doing here? Why do we show up? What is it we expect to happen? You see, what Sunday mornings are really about is that rejoicing that the shepherd wanted to do with his friends when he got back to town and that the woman wanted to do with her neighbors. He wanted to rejoice because that which was lost has been found. And so those of us who have been lost and are found want to gather together to rejoice for those who were lost and are now found. But do we really care about them? And there are lots of them, by the way. Do you know that the new statistics show that on any given Sunday morning in the year, 20% of people who call themselves Christians, those are people who claim to be Christians, are in church. I assume the rest of them are sick. <laughs> yeah, what's that about? Why aren't they here? They aren't here because all of a sudden they don't really see it as being about rejoicing over the lost anymore. Matter of fact, they're probably like I was in that they don't really see that it has much to do with them at all. You know, it might be a nice thing to go to occasionally if you can, but why bother? And 
the sad thing about it is that in the, in the Western world, the United States has the highest rate of church attendance in the whole world. Do you all know that? In, in the Western world, not Africa, but in Europe and in the United States, because Europe is much worse. Europe, it's less than 10% of the people who are in church on any given Sunday morning. We've forgotten that we were lost and were found. And what's even worse about it is that we've forgotten that we have been made ambassadors for Christ to go out and seek the lost. To seek the least and the lost. How many of us really go out and seek the prostitute? How many of us seek the drug pusher? How many of us seek you know, the, the alcoholic or the, the stripper? You know, how many of us seek the people who, you know, the gang members? How many of us seek the people who aren't our kind, that aren't like us? Matter of fact, if anything, we tend to feel uncomfortable if we're around them. But what we're really called to do is to go out and tell the world that is lost about a God that is crazy in love with them. Not because we can change them, because we can't, but because he can. That's the God who does miracles. And it's the strangest thing that we see over and over again in Scripture and throughout church history.